Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. And there it is. We are live. And I am stoked to introduce you all to this brilliant marketer. We have been working together and she has been working with our team for years. Uh, we are her biggest fan. She's probably our biggest fan. Um, and I can't wait to introduce you. She, we have been through so many campaigns and maternity leaves together. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seasoned Pardot marketer, mother of two, um, and recently gave up coffee. How does she do it? I have no idea. Um, experience and lots of success in the healthcare space. Uh, marketing campaign manager at Teletracking Technologies, Kaylee Fontana, welcome. Hey everyone, thank you for having me. I'm saying hello from Pittsburgh, PA, and we're expecting snow tomorrow. So, oh my gosh. Um, say a prayer for all of us. It's going to probably be a, a bad winter, but oh. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Casey. Um, again, this this friendship and partnership has been since 2014, I think I took Jeez. over as a part of admin. I was just telling somebody that today. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been working with you guys for five years and the future still is really bright for us in our, in our partnership. So um, thank you. This is my yeah. first ever podcast. I hope it's valuable uh, to people listening out there. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. Let's All chat. Right. Well, let's get to it. This is, right. this is great. I'm, I'm excited for you to be here and I'm not so excited about that snow because whatever you yeah. get, I'm going to get like a day later, yeah. but, um, but <laughs> sorry, so, yeah, no, no worries. The theme for this show is like what you're just talking about. It's all about the, the marketing best practices, things that are actionable. Um, and also, you know, like a little bit of that nudge on how to really be successful sure. with this technology, <laughs> not let the technology wrangle you, but you wrangle it. So um, we're going to start the show off the way we start every show off. So let me grab this thing. It's really heavy. Oh my. Okay, I got this. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is Thor's hammer. Go ahead. This I wish that we had it in my hands to grab yes. it. And oh, you got smash. it now. You got it. So take Thor's hammer and smash for me some kind of marketing myth or bogus strategy, misconception that just drives you crazy. Sure. Um, so being that we've been partnered with you all and that we've had Pardot for, I think, a little bit over five years now, um, you know, you can really get stagnant in the way that you're running your database. It's working for you every day. It's functioning. You're able to pull whatever data out of it that you need to share with your senior leadership or with your marketing team. And we just get comfortable um, sometimes. So I think when we were having our conversation, I think the biggest myth that I want to, um, to bust is that you always have to stay comfortable because it's just easier to do that. Um, I'm raising my hand. I'm raising the white flag to say that that was me for quite a few years. Um, we're on a mid to small size marketing, um, team here. I mean, there's probably 18 of us, um, all doing different functional roles. Everybody's kind of running in 25 different directions. We wear a lot of hats around here. This is a super busy team. I'm sure like everybody else out there in the yeah. world listening. And you know, if it works and it's, it's getting you through your day-to-day -day job and you're still able to function and still able to provide uh, what you need to your bosses, sometimes you just stay um, in that, in that lane. And 
I don't know what the epiphany was. I don't know why 2019 just seemed to be the year where we just said, we need to do better. We're doing okay. We need to do better. So um, this was kind of a big year for us to do a lot of other projects related to data, um, including some things happening with Salesforce. But being that I'm the Pardot admin and I kind of own the system and I've been yeah. living in it and breathing it and you know working with it for you know years, I kind of had to take a step back and say, yeah, I'm comfortable. Yeah, I'm wearing a lot of hats, but you know what has to give? Like we're just not getting enough out of the system. I'm struggling for hours at some times to pull reports. I'm not getting the visibility between the systems. People were asking me questions and yes, I, you know, know the answers, but I don't always feel confident with what I'm sharing. Um, and I'm sure a lot of other people out there are kind of just shaking their heads and it, it's great to try to fly under the radar. Believe me, if, if nobody needs anything from you and you can fly under the radar and still do a great job, then you know, more power to you. We've all had years where we're just overwhelmed with too many things and we just don't have the time to, right. um, you know, to spend on strategy or, um, or partnerships or anything like that to just be better. Um, you know, I, I get it. And I've been that person again, you mentioned a couple maternity leaves and being out yeah. of the office for three to four months at a time and, um, other projects that I'm working on here with the company that don't directly relate to my, my job responsibilities. Um, it feels good to stay comfortable, but this yeah. year, again, I, I think we just decided that we need to be uncomfortable and we need to step out and really look at how we're not utilizing the system. Um, there's a lot of things in Pardot that are super great, that are super valuable that I know personally, our team or myself have not utilized because we just didn't think we needed to. And we right. thought that we were able to keep going status quo. And uh, my bosses were happy with what I was sharing and my team probably didn't know the difference. So um, in that craziness of life, it was okay to just do what we were, were doing for the last couple of years. So I kind of just want to break, yeah, that myth that you need to stay in your own swim lane and stay with what's comfortable because it's easy. Yeah. I don't like difficult things. I have enough difficult stuff in my life and I know yeah. um, everybody out there has struggles. You know, we're all trying to juggle so many different things. Um, but I, I just think that that's probably one of my biggest um, kind of personal growth things as well is yeah. just really kind of push it a notch ahead and see where you land. I mean, it's going to be difficult. It's going to, it's going to suck. I mean, the last couple months that we've been doing all this cleanup and these, um, restructuring of different things. Like there were so many times where I was like, Oh my God, why did I do this to myself? And <laughs> yeah. I could have just kept it the way that it was. And I would have stayed, you know, on a right, on a, on a good path enough, I guess. Um, and you know, it's, it's hard to make that decision though. And sometimes you have to do that personally. Um, again, I wasn't getting any backlash from the organization per se. It was just uh, something that came to mind and I said, this has to be the year that we do it. And this mm. is my year of trying new things of, um, just being a little bit scared of the unknown. I, I don't like that. I mean, I like feeling confident and comfortable in what I'm doing. So that makes me really nervous to take a leap of faith. Um, but I'm here to say I survived. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> was it worth it? 100%. Awesome. Yeah. So it's been just a really cool couple months. I think it's probably six to eight months that we've been doing this evolution, this change, 
And um, you know what? It wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Time consuming. Yeah. Hours and hours and hours and hours of work. And you know what's terrible? In some cases, I'm the only person that understands anything that was done up until the point of cleanup. Sure. And, you know, I had people asking me, how can I help your team included? Yeah. Um, you know, and we'll talk later about why I love Cheshire so much and how the partnership has been <laughs> just amazing sure. for me. Yeah. Um, but so much of it was in my head yeah. and, um, not to be morbid, but you know, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And True. I just got to a point where I needed a person to be able to go into the system, whether they were a Pardot user, um, you know, admin or any type of user, I wanted somebody to be able to go in there and say, okay, I understand where to find landing pages. And I know that it's done by the year. And I know it's based on this campaign and literally be able to kind of let somebody drop in there, swim around a little bit and say, okay, I'm not drowning because right. the person that was here before me, um, we didn't really have a structure. And then she ended up leaving and I was left with this system I'd never used before. Her naming conventions for things were just kind of off the wall and there was no best practice in place. And it was just so difficult for me to take this product over, take it over well and get it you know, up and running and to be a well-oiled machine. So when we made our first initial um, transfer from that old person to myself, I found something that was comfortable for me and that worked in for a couple of years. Sure. And um, you know, it just was like, okay, well, I've already been over this hump. I don't know if I want to go over another hump again and go out of the comfort zone again. Yeah. Um, it's really, it really is difficult and it just takes time and you need to sit down and it's like almost a need for a working session, an open chat with somebody that may not be as close to the system as you. Um, it, you know, I try to do as much as possible by myself, but when you collaborate with other people, the number of ideas that you just never thought of before, it just blooms. And so I think a lot of the working sessions that I had with our marketing team here and with some folks on your team, we were able to say, okay, here's your three scenarios. Um, you know, why would scenario A work better than scenario B? Right. Um, and I learned a lot about Pardot through that process and why it's so, so important to, I guess, kind of jump out of what feels normal and comfortable for you um, and just really try to see what is in the future yeah. um, because there's so much changing, you know, all these different releases that we have with Pardot coming out, all these cool things that you can do with the system, but you need to stop and do the basics right. before you're adding in all these plugins and doing all these API connections with things. I mean, those are things that we all need and that we want. And, you know, again, that's the future of marketing. But um, you have to clean your database up first in order to start using some of these tools. Because if your data is not good, which we're all literally, you know, um, facing that every single day, and we don't have the time to go in and clean the database up all the time, but you have to start with a good baseline for all the fancy things that you're asking your boss for these thousands and thousands of dollars worth of products, you're giving them bad data. And we learned that like really hard. And it was, um, it, it was a challenge to have that open conversation with other people in our organization. Like, oh my gosh, we can't run dashboards for you or reports or anything like that because half these people aren't here anymore. Um, you know, we're getting bounce backs and we're noticing our segmentation lists are just dwindling because we are not staying up to date with what we need to. 
um, right. in the system. Right. So um, that's kind of my first big one, I guess. Well, we talked a little yeah. bit. Well, no, I, I'd love some, to sort but... of dissect it too and kind of sure. ask you some questions sure. about that because I, I love the fact that you were like acknowledging, hey, yes. sometimes it's great just to be in a predictable situation and not even if anyone else is asking you to. And sometimes you need to, right? If your right. head's down, you, you're busy, you don't have time to necessarily innovate. You just kind of need to produce results, but yes. something about maybe it was this year or what was it? Do you remember? Was there like an aha moment or did you just kind of have this, this sense at the beginning of the year that you wanted to like bust out? Yeah. So I think it's kind of twofold. Um, we've got some corporate initiatives around data management um, and integration with systems and, you know, happily enough, I will say Pardot was the least of our concerns. Um, again, because Pardot is so on the front end of lead nurturing and lead generation, um, you know, and just capturing uh, the data points that we need that we can in turn push to Salesforce. Um, you know, we, we did a good enough job, like I was mentioning, that we had what we needed yeah. to make the integration work and to not dump all this bad data into to Salesforce, but it's the bi-directional feed. If you yeah. have bad stuff in Salesforce, and that person's in Pardot, I mean, all this junk, again, is just uh, yeah. being kind of interchanged. Um, and so we looked at building a core team. Um, thank God this year, we now have a dedicated Salesforce admin on our team. Sure. That never has been for the last almost 30 years of teletracking wow. being in existence. It's been me kind of part-time moonlighting as a Salesforce and Pardot admin. And I know enough in Salesforce to be dangerous. Um, I'd like to know more uh, because I think that the Pardot and Salesforce integration is so crucial and out there listening. If you don't have the bi-directional feed, stop everything you're doing right now and set it up. Right. Um, that has been like night and day because our team is like, I should not have to go into this system to know this. I should not have to go into this system to know this. It needs to be real time. I need to be able to see what's happening on our website and things that people are downloading and campaigns that they're being enrolled in. I need to be able to see that. So I'm not logging into two systems. Right. Um, so with this data management core team and this, this product, um, and project that we've kind of launched this year, I think it just took putting a flashlight or a, a spotlight onto the inefficiencies yeah. that we have. Um, and again, didn't have a Salesforce admin in, up until this year. I am one person. I can't be a Salesforce and Pardot admin and, and do everything else I do here at this company. Right. Things are gonna start falling through the cracks. I will say, knock on wood, you know, we were able to, to kind of jerry-rig it and make it work for us. And it yeah. wasn't this big, um, like glaring issue that we had, but we're getting new people on our team and we're expanding our commercial group and we're adding more folks uh, to the teletracking family that have come from other organizations where Salesforce is the Bible. Salesforce wasn't always the Bible for us. Kinda, and so yeah, people yeah. were saying, hey, we really need to be better. And part of being better is making sure that Pardot is, is up you know, to par as well. Because a lot of the stuff that we were doing with campaigns, yeah, we had it in Salesforce, but all of that front end information and all of the prospects and everything and, um, you know, just the data that I needed to report out on for my job was still all in Pardot and we weren't connected. Mm -hmm. So I'll talk about, you know, connected campaigns a little bit later. Um, the reason why we moved forward with this um, was because 
Susan on your team said, hey, we need to talk about connected campaigns. You mm -hmm. don't need to be living in these silos. And I think right. that was kind of my epiphany a little bit. Um, but then when we realized all the work that would go into connected <laughs> campaigns, I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, nothing is in folders. We don't have anything tagged. Um, you know, our structure for naming conventions is just all wrong. Um, things are everywhere. And so that was, that was why I made it a personal goal is because we knew that we needed to move to connected campaigns in order for me to do a better job at my role at this company. Um, you know, so I think how we kind of started the process or what we did here was I reached out, I did some, you know, searching and Googling online and, you know, why connected campaigns, what's right. this new cool thing that Pardot has available and should I really go out of my comfort zone and should I make this huge process change and, and what's the value for me? Um, I'm very involved too with some of the Salesforce communities related specifically to Pardot. So that's like the buzzword. That's what everybody was talking about. Yeah. Still they got to get yeah. connected campaigns. And I'm like, what the heck is this connected campaign thing? So anyways, it was just like, Ooh, okay, I need to do my research. So literally sent an email off to Susan within about 10 or 15 minutes. She had like four or five different articles for me <laughs> and it was like, okay, here's what you need to do. Kaylee. Here's step one, here's step two. This is where I'm gonna help you, but this yeah. is what I need for you to do for me in the beginning. Right. Um, and just not to get into the weeds, um, I've been known to do that in my life, just <laughs> taking your, I don't wanna bog anybody down, but we had structured our sales for, or our campaigns, excuse me, in Salesforce. Yeah. And we were using Pardot campaigns like 100% different. Pardot campaigns were more like, large themes. So events, blogs, podcasts, webinars, it wasn't being utilized in the right way. Right. And we spent days going back and forth. What's scenario A like? What's scenario B like? How do you want to see your information? How do you want to share your data? And I could have argued it. I was at a Y in the road. I could have said, I'm good with this way, but I'm good with this way too. Until we finally just said, you know, and Susan was like, you just need to pick one. <laughs> I yep. was like, but I know, but I don't want to have to go through this again in three years. I'm so glad that she and I talked through it because I feel like if we hadn't, I would be in this exact position that I was six months ago in three years when I have more and more and more work that I'm supposed to be doing for my I job. Know, yeah. And I would be kicking myself. So, um, you know, she was awesome in just helping me understand hey, I'm the expert here. We are the person that should be guiding you as far as strategy goes. I really feel like after we talked, this is what you need to do. Right. So then again, she handed me a spreadsheet and said, pull your Salesforce campaigns, pull your Pardot campaigns, and let's start trying to put them together. But back to my earlier comment about Salesforce campaigns, our team generates so much content. We do so many events. We're involved in a lot of webinars. We just have so much action happening on our website and happening within this team. And we had zero visibility to marketing's impact on sales deals. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that was like the flashbulb that went off that said, okay, this is why you need to use Salesforce campaigns. Pardot and Salesforce campaigns were totally different. Yeah, they are. Until, yeah. until Connected campaigns. recently, yeah. right? Okay. So it was just kind of like, oh my God, we've done all this work in Salesforce. How the heck do we do it in Pardot? And it was, again, 
spreadsheet after spreadsheet. I had to go in and I was looking at everything that we did in, in Pardot. Um, landing pages, forms, lists, custom redirects, anything under the sun. And it was literally pulling like almost an entire like site map of everything we were right. doing. I had a hundred different tabs on the bottom of things. I was working in and out of spreadsheets. Um, but you guys actually have a pretty cool tool. It's like a mapping tool that Susan helped me with. And it was sure. really yeah, yeah. nice to just say, okay, here's what's being asked of me. Here is all of my data from Pardot. And like, let's just start going line item by line item. Um, and again, uh, I have to just be honest, it's hours and hours and hours and hours of work. If you have not set your system up to be successful with the way Pardot campaigns are supposed to be run, we did not do that in the beginning. Right. So again, learning from our past, <laughs> I can be better in the future. Yes. Um, but it was just, it was, it was a cool experience to work through that and to look because, um, I don't know if we want to move on to another, you know, myth here about like being super, oh, smash. super. Yeah, here's the hammer back. Okay, I'm going to smash it here again. It All right. Yeah. I feel like Superwoman. Okay. I'm smashing another one again. Yeah. Superwoman. Um, you know, kind of in, you know, in tandem or ties back in with comfort, but like literally just nobody has any time to do this. Um, and so that was my biggest excuse for so long is I'm wearing too many hats. I'm responsible for all this stuff. I'm you know, mood lighting as a Salesforce admin, like, oh my God, I just have no freaking time. Right. And it almost was like, I just had to block days on my calendar where I said to people at work, I'm like, do not schedule a meeting with me. Do not schedule a phone call with me. I am literally in the trenches right now. And I'm just doing my best to get this section of Pardot cleaned up for these three days. I can take a pause and do this. But what's crazy is that all of this stuff ties into another in Pardot. It's like, you have to have a landing page that's associated to a campaign. You have to have a folder. And then what about these tags that people are talking about? Why are we not using tags? And so, um, you know, if I could just say the cleanup is worth it, do it, look at yourself, look at your system, look at your team, look at your work load. I mean, again, I know we're all so busy, but this has been the best thing that I have done for my personal time at teletracking and for this company was to take the time to clean the system up. Is it perfect? Probably not. Are we learning every single day? Absolutely. Are we in a better place than we were eight months ago? A thousand percent. Right. And it makes me a better marketer. It makes me a better employee and it makes me utilize my time in a more efficient manner. Because when I was talking about pulling data from Pardot's related to campaigns, it was hours of work. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what am I supposed to be pulling from Salesforce? What is, you know, and it would just cause too much confusion and I would get frustrated and I would get angry and then I would have to remove myself from the situation and then I'm putting it in a delay even further. Sure. So, um, you know, another tool, I guess, or tip that, you know, your team shared with me is the value of a folder structure and the value of a naming convention. Again, God forbid something happens to me. I don't, you know, plan on running outside and getting hit by a bus tomorrow. And I don't plan on leaving telly anytime soon, but I need to feel comfortable that I am turning over a system where literally at the very base minimum, somebody would know the calendar year in which something was created, the campaign that it related to, and then just being able to dive in a little bit further and a little bit deeper, 
be able to pull together a spreadsheet or a PowerPoint presentation and feel comfortable about what they're sharing. I didn't always feel comfortable with what I was sharing and that's not a good feeling um, in my position because it's, it's ultimately me who's responsible for the system and for um, how important leads have become and how much we're doing on our website now and all the great stuff that we've been able to uncover. There is so much more transparency and visibility into our systems than ever before. And it really is something to be proud of. And I've had multiple people come up and say, oh my gosh, I looked for five seconds and I was able to find what I needed. Right. So yeah, there's something to be said about that. And I, I get it. Like we're all so busy and, and we all have a lot to do, but goodness, it feels great to be ending 2019 in a couple of weeks here and think I'm starting off so much better in a new year. And you're going to have so much more data and so much more reporting abilities yeah. to be able to mm -hmm. your point, show how marketing's doing, how they're contributing yes. to those it, sales. Yeah. And I think at last glance or at last um, conversation that I had with our SVP of marketing, I think we have been able to light up the fact that marketing's attribution on current sales um, and current opportunities in the pipeline is like some almost 80% that we've had an impact. And for years, we were sitting down at the end of the year and looking at our closed one opportunities and saying, okay, this person attended a trade show and these people downloaded an ebook and then they came to a road show and this person has read 12 blogs, but we were never able to tie a one-to-one -one match back. I mean, it was, it was days worth of looking at spreadsheets and saying, right. I think we can attribute this to marketing. Hopefully nobody asks us for more clarity on that because we don't really know for sure. And you know, that's, that's terrible that you have to think, um, we, we would dread the end of the year, you know, to have yes, to think about sure. going through hundreds of deals and trying to tie contact roles and prospects and whatever back to these opportunities. And, um, that process is a little simpler now. Um, and again, we have better um, processes in place and there's been some change management too. Nobody was really accountable for putting things in either system. It was just sort of like, all right, I'm gonna put an opportunity in and I'm gonna close it the next day. And so then we have no opportunity velocity. We have no idea what contacts had influenced the opportunity. And so it just allowed for us to have a lot more clarity about the impact because we do multi-attribution here, multi-touch attribution. It's not really a first touch or a last touch. Right. Um, last touch does kind of, I guess, um, dovetail into what a primary campaign source would be on um, an opportunity. But, you know, I like to be able to share with Amy and Chris on our team, like, here's the evolution of this, this opportunity. Here's everything that we did to help nurture it and everything they did on our website and things that they attended and all this crazy stuff that they were involved in. And, and I can hand that over and boy, does that feel good um, for us to stand up at the end of the year and say, Hey, marketing has impacted like 80% of the opportunities that close. That's a lot. You know, and our sales cycle is very long. Sure. So stuff that we've been doing and cleanup and work that we've been doing since, you know, 2016, 2017, we still have people who are on opportunities that were doing stuff in, you know, a few years ago. And I made it a point to say, the moment that we started using Pardot, I still want all that data. So I didn't just say, all right, let's start fresh and clean and only clean up 2019's data. I went all the way back 
um, because I felt like that was so important. And I think Susan, in some cases, like, you know, why don't we just go back like one or two calendar years? And I said, I wish I could say that it would save me a lot of time, yeah. but our sales cycle is so long that we're still closing deals for trade shows that people attended in 2016. I may not have had that information if I didn't take the time to go back and just say, I know this stinks. I know it's going to be a process. <laughs> right? You kind of need to I, suck it up yeah. short term. Yeah. Right. You just have to do, you, you got to do it. And, um, you know, it feels like such a sense of accomplishment, you know, as, and it, I was definitely not happy doing it. <laughs> I was not um, as happy as I am now. Or um, it was a big weight on my shoulder, and I just felt like I couldn't let it go another year. Yeah, so. and and in you know, to your credit, the longer you let it go, mm-hmm. the more work that just sort of piles up and piles up on it. Um, yeah. So. And it, it's great to hear that you're able to you know collaborate with Susan on that. What's mm-hmm. your take on you know collaboration, third party vendors? I know we were chatting earlier about this yeah. on, on the prep call. You. You have an approach to it. I mean, some people see it as a pro, as a con. What's your, oh, yeah. your sense for it? Um, so that's another marketing myth that I want to bust. Yep. That, Smash. That you don't need help or that you don't need somebody to guide you. Like, I would love to be able to say I'm the smartest person in the world and I don't need help from people. That would be the largest lie I've ever told. Sure. Um, Same the here. One, yeah. The greatest thing about my team and the reason I love working here so much is because of the collaboration And I can't do everything in a vacuum. I am not an expert. I don't have the time to be an expert. And so when I took this rollover, um, I have prided myself in the past of just being able to kind of jump in and do my own research and get myself up to speed. Um, For whatever reason, when I started using Pardot, I was just like drowning. And I hate admitting that because I you know, always want people to think, sure. Oh, yeah. she's a start, you know, a self starter and she knows how to figure it out. And that's a great quality to have an, you know, an employee or in person. And I just remember trying to write an email and not knowing if it was a, a new list email or if I needed to create an email template. And like right. I called Amy and I was like, I'm on the verge of a breakdown right now. Sure. I need help. We reached out to Salesforce your name came up like a hundred times. We did some research through the communities on Salesforce and Cheshire Impact was the name that we heard time and time again. Mm. Um, and so I was like, well, there's something to be said. So kudos to you and your team. Cause I think you all are wonderful and it has been just such an awesome partnership, but um, I really feel like I, to this day would not be as successful as I am in this position if it would not have been because I started working with your team. Um, so ask for help. Mm. You're not weak for doing that. You're not, not a lesser person. You're not a great employee. You're not, you know, marketable if you've partnered with somebody for five years, that is the expert. Yeah. Um, so it is an expense, but it's an expense, a hundred percent worth it. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've shared something with your team and said, I literally can't do this and something needs to go out tomorrow and all of this stuff needs to happen and I need you to do it for me. And then I get an email back like an hour later and they're like, it's done. We've scheduled <laughs> your email for you. And uh, you I bet know, that felt really good. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I'm not going to get fired today. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, um, it's just, it's hard asking for help. I know that. And I really don't like doing it myself personally. I'd love to be superwoman. I really, really would. And I think all of us would love to take the credit for stuff. Um, when 
credit maybe perhaps not not do wholly to yourself. I mean, it, it is a partnership. It's a relationship. Um, more than anything, I, I mean, I feel personally connected to your team members. Um, right. I know you mentioned as we transitioned, you know, through two different maternity leaves, I literally left and nothing bad happened. Everything was great. And that's all due in fact that we sent your team a list of things that needed to happen for the three months that I was gone. We had a point person in place and it was like, Kaylee was still here. Yeah. And they've gotten to know our system and they know our products. They know our mission. They know me. They know what I do for my role. And it's like, we're almost in some cases speaking the same language. Um, And that is so hard to find. Um, with anybody, um, let alone, you know, have, I, I don't even know how many clients that you have, but it's like, everybody's doing things differently, but they've never made me feel like my, my priorities or my, you know, um, stuff happening within Pardot was nothing less than like their first priority. Yeah. Like, you're not like a number, like you're in the no, matrix exactly. or something. You're just one of a billion yes. other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and good. I think that's really special. And so that's what, you know, I've, openly shared with anybody who I, who, who you've asked me to talk with about, you know, why partner with the third party, why Cheshire? Um, I just a hundred percent do not think that I would be as, not that I'm this great person and I'm like excelling in everything in life because that's certainly not the case, but, um, I just don't think that I would be in the position that I am in today and, and in the role that people have entrusted me here at teletracking, if I would not have had the training, the basics, the education, the relationship that I have built with your team um, Mm. over the last five years. So, um, so many feathers in your cap. And I, you know, this- I feel like we need to have like a group hug now. (laughs) (laughs) Group hug. Virtual hug, yes, through the the computer. But, um, you know, my biggest advice is if you're really struggling with the cost, Mm-hmm. of something like this, you know, it's not cheap and, and it is an expense and some marketing budgets just don't allow for that. Um, the really cool thing with Cheshire is, is that you have flexible options. So you're not pigeonholed into, you know, X number of thousand dollars a month. Like it's okay, here's what we need to do. They're going to price it out for me based on a number of hours. Sure. I don't use all of the hours that I have, you know, budgeted. Then let's talk about maybe ruling them over to a different month or, um, you know, they're just talk through the options of what your goals are as an organization, do your research, and then all you can do is ask and have a conversation. You know, I, I mm-hmm. feel like so many people put their foot down because they see a number and they're like, no, we can't do that. Sure. Maybe you need to. Yeah. You need to take budget away from something else that, yeah. that is not as important or that that's not giving you, I mean, the health of your database and the health of your system should be like your number one priority. Because again, you're not going to be confident in sharing reports or data or anything along the lines if, if you can't even pull the information that you need out of your system. And again, sometimes you just cannot do it and you cannot accomplish it yourself. Right. And, and I love the larger point too. And by the way, thank you for saying all that too, because the feeling is very mutual. Um, it, I mean, we're, whether we're flexible or the way we do things, just it's to make you the hero, right? That's really what <laughs> I don't makes know us if I'm happy. a hero. <laughs> no, you are, right? Now you're on a podcast. So Yay. it's it's to yeah. make you the hero. And um, so we're happy to support you. We're we can be like your Yoda behind oh, the scenes. 
And you're the Jedi. Yes, I love it. I, you just, you think and, and you feel grateful. I mean, I do, I feel very grateful that, again, I'm in the position that I'm in, in this company and that people trust me. And I mean, these are just such important things for an organization to just be on top of and um, being allowed to kind of just figure yourself out while you're going through it. I mean, I started teletracking when I was 25. I've been here for almost eight years. Like the way that we were doing marketing and the way that we had no idea about anything that we were attributing to back in 2012 when I started here to where we're at now. I mean, that is so much personal and professional growth for me too. Um, And I, I just feel like really lucky that I'm the person that they've picked to go through that, you know, um, because organizations change, things change, people change, um, you know, and I, it's just been a really, really great experience for me. And, um, I think, you know, how much I love working here. And I think your team knows how much I love because I just believe, just believe extremely in the mission and our marketing team is just world-class and they're just the smartest people. I'm learning from them every single day. Um, I just can't, yeah, I can't say enough. And so I I just thank you again for allowing me to be more um, successful in my job, I guess. So, and helping me learn along the way, because again, it's an evolution. It is never going to be, you know, the same, like what we focused on as organization this year is not going to be the same as, as 2020 or 2021. Um, but we're building the the stepping stones and we're building the blocks that we need to, to be successful in the future. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, I credit to you that there, some of the different things that you've been sharing with us, one is like, yeah, it's nice being comfortable, but get uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. and then put that work in. Yes, it's work. You're acknowledging, yeah. you're not being like sugarcoating it. No, there's some work to go Hours. on here. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some legit work, um, but it's a thousand percent was your worth, a thousand percent mm-hmm. worth it. And your last part was just you know, get help, you know, team up, mm-hmm. collaborate, collaborating internally with your team, collaborating mm-hmm. with our team, just bouncing things off of people so you're not doing this in isolation, you know? Yeah. That's a lonely world. I mean, it is a lonely world to yeah, be in. Well, when it can be for sure. Yeah. And then you shoulder everything, whether it's good or bad, you know, yeah. you're the one taking the credit if it's done well, but then if it's not done well, you're like, Oh, you know, maybe I should talk to somebody about that before we went down a path. I mean, because again, back to the why in the road, when we were deciding how to clean our data, I'm like, I just need to talk about this with somebody, yeah. you know, like I, I just need to talk it through and make sure that we're doing the best we're making the best decision for us in the future and right. not like my quick band-aid type, you know, yeah. um, fixes that we've done in the past and, you know, and, and been okay with for a couple of years. And then it's like, yeah, you go got, again. you got really intentional with it. Yeah. You're like, okay, what, mm-hmm. what does a non band-aid solution look like? Yeah. Is, right. How, how bad is it going to hurt? But then yeah. what's it going to look like afterward? And yeah. my, my knee's going to be all better afterwards. Yes. So, for sure. We're getting there. Yeah. yeah you're getting it. Well, here's my next question for you. Like, who are you? <laughs> How did you become this superwoman of marketing? Oh, I don't know. these myths, leading people through changes and yeah, like braving well, the storm. Take us back. Like little Kaylee days. Did you always okay. know you're going to be a marketer? Like what, who are you? Oh, no, no. Um, it's been a riveting 30, 33 years. So oh, hey. um, yeah. So ironically enough, as a young girl, all the way up through, um, I think a senior pretty much in high school, 
uh, music theater was my life. Awesome. Um, as you can tell probably by my personality, I'm very outgoing and rather confident um, and love talking to people, love being social. Um, but I attribute that to being um, put into music theater at the age of eight. Wow. Um, and well, what was the show? It was like your first show. Um, it was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Wow. Um, so Narnia, I guess, or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, we did, I worked with a company here in Pittsburgh called um, Act One Theater School. And mm. the reason my mom and dad put my sister and I in it was because we had a mutual friend and she said, hey, my daughter's going to this summer camp. Do you think Kaylee and Courtney would want to go? And my mom and dad were like, I don't know. I mean, so I was eight years old. I went in and I auditioned and literally nobody in my family, including myself, knew that I could even sing like on key, whatever. I don't know. Um, and I was eight and I was a girl and I was shy a little bit and just yeah. kind of unsure of myself. And I was cast into a role where um, the creators of this Act One Theater School, they, they designed and created a song specifically for me to sing. Wow. Really? Um, they, they, they wrote it in. It in. wrote it into the show. And I remember my parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and all of that came to see me when I was eight in this eight. show. And they were like in the third row. And I finished my song. And like I could hear on the recording of the videotape, like my parent, like my mother was just crying. Wow. It's hysterically. She's like, oh my gosh, we had no idea that you could sing. And wow. that's what happened from there is me being involved in act one for years. And then we have a group here, Pittsburgh Musical Theater. And then um, I went to North Allegheny High School and their theater program there is pretty much like a mini Broadway um, wow. and was nominated um, for two Gene Kelly Awards. If you know who Gene Kelly is, it's a huge thing in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, it's basically like the fancy award shows, but for, for Pittsburgh. Um, sure. For my role as Eponine and Les Mis. Oh my goodness. And um, I was- That's uh, not an easy role either. No, you, no. You, you pulled out those songs? You were able to I died. Yes, out? I died on the barricade oh my too, gosh. which was really emotional. For That's my the parents. best ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I bet. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Mrs. Jones in um, How to Succeed in Business. So I didn't win. Um, you know, and I was never like a lead really in any of the shows um, that I did. But I've I've taken private voice lessons since I was in ninth grade. Um, I was in something called Search for a Star with Marvin Hamlish in Pittsburgh, and I was one of nine people of all varying ages in the city of Pittsburgh that did this competition and Jeez. I got to sing with Marvin Hamlish at Carnegie Hall um didn't win that either but that's okay um and then I think kind of like a fun fact is that I've sung the national anthem for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Pittsburgh Pirates um, what was that like so cool like the arena to get go do this so cool penguins so what yeah. is so they rolled a little red carpet out yes. so you don't slip on the ice Yes. And I don't know. Do you know who Jeff Jimerson is? He's the one that sings the National Anthem. No, for no. The I, I know okay. the, the guy up in um, mm -hmm. Renee who does Boston. Okay. Well, Jeff Jimerson is a huge icon in Pittsburgh. And I actually sung with him for years in my church. 
Um, you know, and that's kind of how I got connected with him. He's like, I'd love on my off day for you to come and sing, you know? And so I was like, okay. Um, so anyways, I think the crowd that time was like 36,000 people or something like that. Um, so, um, anyways, segue into me looking for colleges and hold on back to the ice arena. (laughs) 36,000 people. And had you sung like the baseball one beforehand? Yes. Yeah. Because baseball seems a little easier because it's open. Yeah. And it was less. Yeah. I mean, I I don't, I was in ninth grade and I was like 13 or 14 at a time, like good, bad, or indifferent. Like I never really prepared for things when I was younger. Like I just kind of flew by the seat of my pants a little bit and kind of just trusted in the gift that I was given. And like that drove my mom crazy because I just wouldn't really rehearse or wouldn't really practice. And I'm like, the the feeling of being in front of that many people and like your, you know, your heart is beating and it feels like you're going to pass out and everything. But that's like the thing that I kind of thrived on Absolutely. a little bit. And I just yeah. felt like I was given a gift for a reason. And, you know, it's natural to be nervous and it's natural to be like, you know, she would be sick for days before I would go and do any of like oh, performances because yeah. she's like, I'm so like, nervous. I got this. Yeah, I'm like, I'm good. But now as a mom, I'm like, oh my God, I, you know, <laughs> I can't even imagine my sons like preparing for like a Thanksgiving musical at their preschool, you know, like I yeah. just like the, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so how old were you when you did the, the, the penguins? Uh, I was 13, I think. And do they have any weird things? I don't know if the, the penguins do or, or the, um, the pirates. Is it pirates? For Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do they have any weird things they do during the Star Spangled Banner? No. Some people, have you heard, some people do where it's like everyone says, oh, together. Oh, no. Um, uh, or they like they sing three quarters of the way it. through, they all say the same word together. The whole crowd goes oh. uh, like, uh, like, Oh, say, can you say, or whatever. Yeah. At some point they're all like, Oh, and it can freak the person out if they don't no. know that everyone's going to do that. Yeah. But, um, no. And the weirdest thing about the stadium too, is like the echo. Yeah. So like you're yeah. singing as you should be, but like some people get thrown off because it's like, you're hearing yourself yeah. through, um, you know, and I, yeah, I had a little pitch pipe that I would bring out with me and I'd blow, you know, to make sure I knew what key I was in. And, um, you know, just so I wasn't starting off on too high. And, yeah. I'm like, and then I couldn't hit the real high notes. No. But, um, did you know, yeah. how'd you feel? Did you, did I mean, you I did the best that I could when I was at, yeah. I mean, I didn't crack. I didn't falter. I didn't you hit that the, note. You yeah. I didn't mix note? the words up. I didn't, you know, um, Dang. and I've sung the national anthem for like a lot of other different things, charity events and stuff I'm involved with and, and the like. And, don't think I haven't written the word or the first word of the the sentence on my hand and kind of, you know, as I'm singing expressively using my other hand and trying to just make sure to keep myself on, on track. But yeah. um, yeah. So that was like really super cool. And I was so young and what an honor for me to be asked to do something like that. Um, But yeah, so I was so involved with theater and again, traveling with, uh, some theater groups here and I was yeah. in chorus and some special groups through school. Um, and my sister was two years older than me. And so she was looking for colleges and, uh, decided to go to James Madison university in Virginia. And I was in 11th grade and going to visit her every month. And I'm like, mm. this is the school that I have to go to. Awesome. 
not known for its theater program. Like everybody thought that that was my pathway, you know, is because I was so heavily involved in it growing up. And I was like, I don't even care. I love this school so much. And so I decided to audition for the theater program. And um, another kind of fun, weird fact is um, I can't sight read. I can't read music. Oh, yeah. So I'm 100% ear trained. And, you know, again, another cool fact about that is um, that you have perfect pitch if you're ear trained. Really? Yeah. So um, they laid a sheet of paper down in front of me and asked me to sight read for the audition completely botched it yeah left just devastated thinking oh my god i totally screwed this up and i'm never going to get into the school you know or whatever um so ironically enough i did get accepted to the school of music and they gave me like a small scholarship to go there you did get accepted i did yes um they're like we can work on the skills we can't you know that voice is is like god-given you know so they're like we'll work on that Uh, yeah. yeah um but Funnily enough, I guess, or hysterically enough, we went two months before I was ready to start my freshman year. And it was kind of like our summer springboard at JMU where you got to meet your teachers and you would see where your dorm was going to be and whatnot. And I walked into the school of music and I was like surrounded by people who just felt so different to me. And just, I just knew in my heart and in my gut that that's not what I wanted for myself in the future. Right. And they were talking about like heavy, you know, class loads and all these credits that I would have to take. And there was just so many other things I wanted to do in school and other um, groups that I wanted to be involved in. And like, I called my mom and I said, I, I, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Right. Um, and kind of had like a mild panic attack a little sure. bit, you know, I'm like two months away from moving out of my home and going to this place that I'm not familiar with. And, um, leaving my family and just, I just knew in my heart that this was not what I wanted for my future. And, um, I don't have thick skin. I take criticism a little bit, probably more personally than I should. And that's the lifestyle of somebody fighting to be the lead star in a show or being the best musician or being the best singer. And I'm like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Like I just, you know, um, getting like a hundred rejections yeah, from auditions right. and all that. That's just not me. And yeah. I knew that about myself and whether it was my gift given to me for a reason. I, and I'm still trying to understand why, you know, at this point. I think so. I mean, um, it, that was the beginning of school too. I mean, yeah. what a cool signal to not, it's not the end. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like not the, the very end. beginning. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I remember like being in the middle of the, the quad and I'm crying to my mom and she's like, well, okay, Haley, like, <laughs> what do we do now? And I'm like, I want to go and meet somebody in the school of communications. Cool. I like to communicate. Right. I like, you know, writing and reading and the arts and all of that. I'm like, okay, like, let's do it. So ended up getting um, accepted into the school of communication and they were doing like a pilot program for healthcare communications, Mm -hmm. which is what I ended up going into. And I double minored um, in human resource and development and women's studies. Okay. Um, they were GPA boosting minors at the time. I'm like, that'll be good on my resume. Um, (laughs) Loved both of them um, as minors. They were great. Um, And I ended up becoming a part of the Sigma Kappa sorority and I was a a work study student. And so I, you know, was able to work for a couple of semesters and make money and and all of that. Um, So had like the absolute best college career ever. 
and I miss James Madison every single day. And I pray to God, somebody from my family wants to go there. I keep training and coaching my oldest. I'm like, you have to go to James. You start buying them clothes. Like the I know. Well, he has plenty of clothes. He's hats. He? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so anyways. Um, well, well, super quick. Like, yeah. As you're telling your story, I, I can mm-hmm. relate to it because very similar for me on theater, very young age. I think yours actually earlier. Mine was like a fifth grade play Yeah. where it was like, Oh, actually it was. And I was essentially this, I tried to be the cool kid in the play. I, you know, to audition for the cool mm-hmm. kid. And no, I got the nerd kid, but I was like this, <laughs> this white Urkel, That's but it, okay. was, it was like the star of the fifth grade play. And yeah. I had That's never so even cool. considered that, you know? So I, yeah. I'm with you. Sometimes you just take someone going, Hey, mm-hmm. you and this thing, you should, yeah. you should do more of this. Yeah. Um, and then for That's college, cool. you can probably relate to this. I was looking at two different schools. One had like a nice, long, big theater. The other one was this oh. like new design of like a, a box theater. It was like okay. all blackout box. And you'd have hmm. like the, the seats are almost in the round experiential kind of thing. And so I had a oh. cho- chance to choose, do you want the traditional theater or oh, this box? Yeah. Theater, like more. So I went with a more artistic one. Like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. But yeah, the theater, I think it opens a lot of doors. It also gives you that confidence and all those other trappings. Yes. And I, probably to my husband's dismay, my children will be put into theater. Um, If nothing else, again, for the confidence and, you know, um, just the ability to start learning how to memorize and and public speaking and being comfortable in front of people. Um, But, you know, it's funny too, like, at North Allegheny where I went to high school, music theater and the musicals were like the cool thing to do. And the center of our football team was Jean Valjean and Les Mis. Oh, wow. And I remember all of his football friends came and supported him wow. on opening night and were like, you know, it was just never like, oh, you're in theater or like you're in music. That's weird. You know, like because some kids just feel so isolated and feel so ashamed that they're into sure. the, the arts or into theater. And I'm like, I don't know understand why that is but that is the safe kind of group and community that I grew up in in, in high school awesome. and I graduated with 850 kids but I never in my life in high school ever felt like I was a small fish in a big pond yeah. you know that it's it's making your own way I think right. as well like you have to just be yourself and um that's very difficult to be you know especially when you're a young woman or a young man growing up like you know, people are always telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing. And um, sure. it's weird to be involved in certain things or not. And I'm like, you know what? That was the, the most safe, again, community and the safeness that I felt within that bubble Yeah, just made for a really, really comfortable and warm and awesome experience growing up. Yeah, um, the acceptance is like, you don't have to yeah. defend yourself. Now you just mm-hmm. kind of can flourish. How did you get into marketing? Great question. So, um, after I graduated, I moved back to Pittsburgh. Um, this is like my favorite place ever. I knew I always wanted to live here and, and raise my family here. Um, and was out one night with friends and met up with somebody from high school and didn't have a job. I mean, it was like a month after I graduated. So didn't sure. have a job. Um, I was actually, back part-time working for the ALS association because every, every summer in college, I volunteered, I'm not volunteered, excuse me. I interned, um, with nonprofit organizations because I also have a really big passion for that. Um, so 
he said, hey, my mom works for this company called Family House. It's a nonprofit in Pittsburgh. They are a home away from home for people who travel here to our city for like life-threatening medical illnesses. Oh, wow. So it's more of like a, a home environment versus a hotel. And they had that. people staying for like as short as a week up to as most, I think the most that I had there when I was uh, an employee was like two years that they stayed in this wow. one facility in Pittsburgh. and. Really, it was just awesome to be right out of college, kind of not knowing what I was going to do and being given an opportunity to work at a place like that. So yeah. I was their administrative assistant and volunteer coordinator for a few years. Then um, I went and joined Animal Friends, which is a no-kill shelter in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, I also really love animals. Um, and so I ended up doing... Um, like a, a development position and fundraising position, which included event planning and donor relations, um, did that for a couple years and I adopted three animals as a result. Um, I have a blind dog named Duke and I have two cats, applesauce and pork chop, um, <laughs> that my husband and I actually fostered from when they were bottle baby kittens. So like little week old kittens that you have to teach how to drink formula and, oh, wow. you know, be, be cats. Um, and so that was really fun for a couple of years. And then I just had recently gotten married and I was like gone all the time at night and on weekends with these events and everything. And I, my husband's kind of like, Ugh, you know, um, I feel like I never see you. Right. So I was like, all right, this might be a time for a career change. So I reached out to my friend who I've known forever through our church and she happened to be the HR director here at teletracking. No kidding. And I said, I have no idea if there's anyone that you can connect me with. Like wasn't even thinking teletracking because looked on their website. There was nothing listed. She goes, you emailed me at the right time. We are looking for a marketing coordinator here. Like, are you interested in healthcare? I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have a healthcare marketing background. Like this is what I've wanted to do. I just haven't found my way in. And so I met with uh, Amy, who's been my boss for the last, you know, eight years. Yeah. We hit it off immediately. Um, and I started off as like an entry level marketing person and then um, was given the opportunity to do event planning here for a couple of years. And then I had Aiden and I didn't want to travel and just, I wanted to try something different in the department and I wanted, right. you know, um, more experience. And so that's how I landed into this position that I've been in so cool. and the rest is history, I guess. So yeah, years later now, right? Seven plus almost um, eight years. Now? It'll be eight years in February. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's so, an awesome place. And um, it's just how all the stars align in your life. I mean, right. we never understand why things happen and that's a struggle because a lot of us like to know that you know, why is this happening to me? Why is this not happening to me? And, you know, um, I've had some pretty cool experiences and, and been able to, to do some different type of work, but, um, teletracking is just so cool what we do here. Yeah. And, I love seeing um, all the posts on LinkedIn and yeah. just, I don't know if you, I'm always liking yes, them. Yes, you're like, always, I'm like, yay, this. thank you. Do this. Yeah. You know, if, here, here's a question for you. If you were yeah. to get back in a time machine, 
you know, just get back into one. You know, mm-hmm. they've got one free. Uber, Uber time travel. Ooh, um, I like it. Yeah. And you know, go back to the beginning of your your career. Let's say you just graduated. Mm-hmm. What would you tell yourself? You can't change anything, but you can tell yourself maybe some wisdom or advice. What would you tell yourself, knowing what you've been through and all the things you've experienced? Take a risk. Mm. Take a risk. I mean, I think more than ever, like I said, this has kind of been a personal and professional growth year for me. Yeah. Um, and I've always been more comfortable being comfortable. And that might in some cases have pulled me back from things. Right. And maybe not allowed me to, to realize full potential. Um, but it's okay to screw up. We've all screwed up a lot. Um, and that has taken me so many years to understand that by screwing up, you grow and yeah. hopefully you don't make the, you know, make the mistake again. And, and we do, we repeat mistakes and, you know, but I've always been my whole life a people pleaser and worried about what people think of me. And, you know, does, does this person, why does this person not want to be my friend? I don't understand. Like, right. you know, and I, I've let it like strangle me in some cases, sure. you know, and I think because I maybe didn't take risks because I was worried about what others would think, you know, that's, that's held me back a little bit. Um, and you don't have to be friends with everyone. I like it. And I hate saying that because like, I love people and I, I want to be friends with everybody, <laughs> you know, but like, I just may not be your cup of tea. And right. I struggle with that for so long. Like I'm myself, I am my own person. I never want to apologize for being me. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I have an outgoing loud kind of boisterous personality and that's just not for everybody, but, yeah. but be yourself. I, so that the mm-hmm. friends you do have are, are your friends for yeah. the real you. Yes. And not yeah. for, you know, and that's what I'm trying to teach my kids, you know, is be authentic, be you, um, whatever you want to do, I will support you. Yeah. Because I had that kind of support system when I was growing up, like, I mean, my, my family literally was at everything that I did, whether I was standing on the side of the street singing for something, or if I was in front of, you know, 60 some thousand people at a game, you know, and it was always people there supporting me and lifting me up and telling me, you know, how great I was and, and how lucky I was to be where I was at in that time. So, um, that is like the absolute amazing, cool, awesome thing about being a mom Yes, shaping these blank canvases, you know, and everything that you do in front of your children or that you do around your children, you know, it's, it's a paint stroke totally on a blank canvas. And I just think, you know, all the things I didn't maybe get to do myself growing up or that I had aspirations to do in the future. Like I want to do that with my kids now, you know what I mean? And that's such a cool, a cool thing. Um, and I never really wanted to be a mom. I didn't like kids growing up. <laughs> right. Never was a babysitter. Like never, that was just not no, my thing. Yeah. Um, and there are really hard days. Like there's challenging days. There's exhausting days. There's days where I'm like, why did I do this? Why did I have more than one? You know, what is wrong with me? Um, but I have a great support system. My husband is awesome. Um, we're all figuring it out together, you know, yeah. and, and I, I don't do everything right with them and I don't do everything right at work and I don't do everything right in my life, you know, but it's just one of those really cool things to actually have little mini 
use, you know, yeah, where you is. see so many personality traits of, of yourself or your husband or your spouse or whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, like how cool is it to like kind of grow up again a little bit, you know, through their yeah. eyes and do the things that maybe you wanted to do that you just never did. And, you know, I was one of two kids and I have a sister. And so never really understood or knew anything about boys. And so now I'm in this whole crazy world of like Legos, and <laughs> trucks and, you know, wrestling and fighting and, and breaking ugh. things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just a whole new world. And, um, they teach me so much every single day and like, they're truly, um, they're just both amazing kids and I know they're going to do great things. And, um, you know, who knows, maybe they'll want to be marketers or yeah. if they want to be on Broadway, totally cool with that too. Um, totally. but yeah, it's, it's just been a, a real exciting and challenging and overwhelming and tough, like almost six years. I mean, it's, no doubt for everything, you know, personal, professional, um, just life, you know, but it's an amazing journey. And to your point, the kids really are the thing. I mean, it's an amazing responsibility, mm -hmm. but it's such a cool, it's the, it's the yeah. ultimate in artistry. Um, now I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this favorite musical. Oh my gosh. Oh, I mean, I just saw Hamilton for the Did first you? time. Was Blown, it blown away? Away by really? Hamilton. Yes. And here's another kind of weird thing, cool thing maybe about me, but, um, I'm also an avid reader. Like okay. my goal for 2019 at one point was to read 50 books. Now wow. I'm up to 75 books is my goal. And I just finished my 61st book last night, actually. Jeez. Um, but I never ever read about the book before I start. Okay. And I don't do that with musicals either. I had no idea what Hamilton was. I mean, I did history, get it, understand. Never listened to the musical, like any of the music before I okay. went, literally had no idea yeah. and was blown away. Interesting. Absolutely love Les Mis. Because there's been a lot of hype with Hamilton. So I, yes. I, I kind of wish that there wasn't so I could just have a unhyped, yeah. you know, like Version just, of it. just come and sit in the theater and not wonder. Yeah. But, oh, that's good to know that there's something to it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Love Rent. Um, I do too. Yeah. Les Mis and Rent are fantastic. Yes. Wicked. I sang so many songs from the show Wicked when I was still in high school and I will still cry when they're singing. Divine are you Gravity. Galinda? Are you Alphaba? Alphaba. In Wicked. You're Alphaba? Yeah. 100%. I could actually picture you in green face paint, honestly. Yes. And up raised, you know, like, um, really With the broom cool. in the air. Yes. Defying totally. Gravity. We're totally spoiling it, but you got to watch yeah. it people. Amazing. Yeah cry every time. Um, when that, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, my favorite musical a hundred percent to be in was Lehman's. I mean, Eponine is like, Oh, like the no, most amazing. Like there's so ever. much depth to it. Like, like I've mm -hmm. seen the lion King and it's spectacular to, to watch, mm -hmm. but the plot is like a Disney movie where, yeah. you know, and so you're like, huh, it wasn't really that challenging. It was right. very straightforward, mm -hmm. um, sort of archetype. Whereas with Les Mis, there's all these different oh, parts and pieces so and storylines and sub storylines. Mm -hmm. And the music so is amazing good. too. So yeah, for me, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's for me, that one's tied with Wicked. Yeah, I know. I know. Wicked, Wicked is just... so, I think it's just because it was like really unique. I mean, there's all yeah. these unique shows coming out and I, and I get that, but you know, it was based off a book and you know just seeing that come to life and I think it was just about the friendship you know yeah. and, and, and it, yeah, yeah. going back to accepting who you are and, yeah. and 
um, just being you and getting through all the mess and the craziness and still being able to find a friend on the other side, totally. you know? Yeah. Um, but I can't wait until my kids sit still for more than five minutes. <laughs> Joe's. Um, I love Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream. That's a good if, one. If never, I saw yeah. it with Donnie Austin back in the day. So good. Yeah. I was the narrator in that for a couple of different. That's it. Oh, that's a great, great narrator yeah. is a great part for that. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, great the music. List, yeah. So the list can go on and Andrew Lloyd Webber is just a genius. So yes. anything he puts his name on is just incredible. Do you hear they're bringing that cats back as a movie and it's going to have oh, yes. goofy people in it? Yes. Cats is one. Mm, I, it's not my favorite. Like Music Man, I not my favorite. It. Yeah, yeah. They're on the roof, not my favorite. No. Nope. Um, you know, there's some that are just like classics, you know, that Phantom's a classic. Yes, Phantom, I do love the music for that. And I saw it in New York City and when they were down underneath the theater and they're in the boat, and it was like, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but you know, my husband's not real into theater. Um, so we don't it's not like we go to shows or anything like that together, right. but um, we are going to see Les Mis in Pittsburgh in a couple weeks. Oh, so exciting. yeah, we bought tickets for that and I can't wait. Um, I'll probably sing my part the whole time. So, um, I can't imagine you not singing that part. Yes. And yeah, it's just, honestly, a, I would say that's the headlining female role in that, you know, Cosette, I get it, no, but really, yeah. really that part, your part was, you know, yes. that's the real, the yes. meat to the, the story that, yeah. and, uh, you know, Jean himself. Jean Valjean. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited, you know, to get my kids into that. And um, my little guy, Liam, really loves music and mm. is always dancing. And, you know, so I'm like, I feel like Aiden's personality is a little bit more musical, you know, but I don't know. Liam really likes to sing and dance. So um, mm. who knows? I don't who knows? know. Yeah. The world is their oyster. And I'm just here to to help them along. So yeah, so it's um yeah, it's just been it's just been great just chatting and you know, you never know these little things about people, right? No, you really don't. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm... know them through email or you know them through right. social media and you know that's um good, bad or indifferent. Um, you know, it's just nice to have a personal conversation with somebody and that connect. I've known yeah. for five years, I guess. So I know, right? Finally do that. Where where can yeah. people connect with you? What, what, how would you like sure. to reach out and hit you up and learn from you? And Sure. Uh, I would definitely say LinkedIn. Okay. Um, yeah, I can share my information with you on LinkedIn. Um, I do run the social media channel for teletracking. Nice. Um, and I know you, you interact a lot with the content and everything like that that I'm sharing. But, you know, quick plug for, for teletracking. We're yeah. a healthcare IT company who has patient flow software in hospitals and health systems in the U.S. and the U.K., um, um, so basically we're able to, to light up hospital operations so that everybody knows at any given time where your patients are, they're moving to and from procedures, if they're actually in their patient room, if they're on their way um, out to be discharged to go home with their family. Um, we're, we're there every single step of the way wow. for their entire point of care um, and their care continuum. Um, so the efficiencies and the amazing things that are happening with our clients really do inspire me every day in my position. Amazing. We just were at our client conference a couple weeks ago in, um, in Miami, Florida. And this, I think is my eighth client conference that I've been. And 
they blur after a while. They do. Years. They do. But you know what does it? It's the clients. I mean, these clients yeah. have been coming for year, you know, years after years after years. And, you know, I ran into a group from the University of Utah and I've, you know, seen them for the last eight years, it feels like. And mm-hmm. um, I get a huge hug from the one person, you know, and she asked, she's like, oh my gosh, so your son's almost three now, huh? Yeah. And you have an older one and is he in kindergarten now? I'm like, we have the coolest clients, you know, Seriously. and these clients are people like everybody is a person, you know, we, we're always so focused on prospects and client, like people are people, you I know, agree. in marketing, like that's the coolest thing about being in this job is like the people to people interaction and the human element of it, you know, and yeah. it's just the stuff that we do here at this company, our mission to ensure that we give hospitals and health systems the right tools to make sure that they're not turning patients away from the emergency room and that they're getting patients out of, you know, their beds quicker so they can go home and be with their families and that we're treating people, um, you know, to the most efficient and best way that we can, again, to make things run smoother. Um, we do a lot with disaster readiness too, like wow. unfortunately mass shootings that happen. Um, our clients have used our tool to help um, share with family members who don't know where their loved ones are, right. letting them know that they're in surgery or they're coming back from the PACU sure. um, or natural disasters like hurricanes and um, the fires and everything happening in California. Like our hospitals that run with teletracking are really, really saving so many more lives than hospitals that don't have a product like ours in place. Right. Um, so teletracking is just such a cool company and so, I've yeah, seen definitely it, evolve. it I've seen it evolve so much over the last, um, you know, eight years and it's like the future is crazy and it's really mm-hmm. exciting, you know, like what we're going to be doing and what we're moving in towards, you know, like how we're branching out, like it's going to be really cool to be a part of the team that helps share the message and share the story. It's a great um, mission. It really mm-hmm. is. And, it, and it's one that serves people and the people you know, should go to teletracking.com. Yes. If you're in that space. And even if you're not, it's a great example of, of, of awesome marketing, awesome marketing. It comes from you knowing the customer really well. You're hugging each other, which yeah. means you also have conversations and you, you know, if, if they know children, you know, pain points. And if you know pain points, you can be much better at marketing. So I just, what you guys are doing over there is fantastic. And it's a good example for people to look at, like, look, get to know they're not numbers. They're they're people and they have challenges. They have missions. If you can help them out, they can change the world. So it's, it's what you're doing is great over there. Yeah. We're absolutely patient focused and and client focused. um, Cause ultimately we want to be able to save lives. And so do the caregiver, you know, we give time back to caregivers so they're not doing the administrative work that takes them away from the bedside. Um, You know, again, it's everything that you'd ever need to know about a person, our system and our solution is able to light that up and give you the best picture that you need to make the best call for care, you know, as possible. Um, So yeah, come check us out on our website. Definitely would love to connect with you all on LinkedIn. Um, you know, it's what we're doing here from a, from a healthcare standpoint is exciting, but, you know, being a part of this team is, is more exciting in some cases for me. So just have to shout out to all of my wonderful teletracking employees and family and friends. Um, my boss, Amy Podolak is 
absolutely amazing. She's amazing. been an awesome, yeah. awesome mentor for me and um, has really supported me and allowed me to grow um, in a lot of different ways. So um, she's Maybe the best. Maybe get her, get her on here. Get her. Oh, her we should have done like a right little, head. yeah, we should have done like a twofer. Yeah. She's yeah. awesome. You know, Amy, oh, totally. so. yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We'll get she's, her on here next part. Two. Yeah. Part two, teletracking marketing. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on here. I don't know if you looked thank at the clock, you. but like time is like warped by. It was an hour and a half almost, right? It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. But it just didn't even feel like it. It just felt no. like a fun Absolutely. conversation about different cool things. And yeah, thank you. I really appreciate this has been such a pleasure. And thank you to your team again. Huge shout out to, to Susan. She's been yeah, 100%. absolutely amazing. And so Rockstar. is Anne. You've been great. You know, Logan's been great. So um, just big thank you. I think, again, we would not be where we are today without you guys. So. And thank you back. Yeah. Big, big thank you circle yes. over here. Yes. Thank you circle. <laughs> thank you hug. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, thank you. And then for the people listening, you know, thanks to them. And, yes. and I would just say for those listening, if you learned something on this episode, whether it was around the courage to dive into that, that those that data and clean it up yeah. connected campaigns um you know not having that fear and going for it and all the different the things we talked about if, if you have learned something and i know you have because i literally have notes over here pages of notes <laughs> then then like share this with someone else and be a thought leader for one other person two other people absolutely Just get this episode in their hands um and then they can learn from it so awesome boom. thank you this you was are the awesome. best no you're the best it's been a pleasure and i can't wait to continue the conversation and thanks for listening to us for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Thanks everyone. You know, yeah. this has been the hardcore marketing show. We'll catch you all next time.